This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the July 17th edition of Invest Talk. I do appreciate you being with me. I'm Steve Peasley. And for those of you who are ready to improve your investing skills, you've come to the right place. Hopefully, you will learn something new here on Invest Talk, the radio program. And by the way, you can listen to our recorded library of Invest Talk radio podcasts anytime at investtalk.com. Plus, I would encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review investtalk.com at iTunes or Spuffity or Google Play. When you hear us uh, talking about a certain stock or story of interest to you, please remember to tell your friends and family. I appreciate that. Okay? And you know, Invest Talk has several platforms, radio in the Bay Area, website streaming live, podcast replays, and of course, the, the lot more resourceful, resourceful investtalk.com. There's a lot of stuff on there. Well, July is already half over, or a little bit over half over. And I will be going be in San Francisco tomorrow to meet with uh, individual people who have registered one-on-one, listeners to the radio show. And, and you know, I'm hoping, you know, I, my day is full. I have no other time. It's been full for a week or two. So um, this response has been pretty strong. So I have scheduled another day. Uh, recognizing the desire to many of people in Northern California, the listeners for the radio station there want to meet with me. So mark your calendars on August 29th. I'll be returning to San Jose for additional appointments. And keep listening for reminders, by the way. I will remind you. It's August 29th. Now, some interesting headlines I came across today. Buying gold now would only weigh down your investment portfolio. That's an opinion from MarketWatch.com. You know, everybody has an opinion. Is that, do you think that's so? Buying gold now, obviously, what is the alternative? Stocks, other stocks, other assets. They then obviously think other assets would do better than gold, I'm assuming. Or how about this one from entrepreneur.com? Seven reasons experts say it's not too late to invest in cryptocurrency. Now, I think, you know, you might want to take that with a grain of salt or maybe several grains of salt or maybe a whole salt shaker for that matter. I'm not convinced cryptocurrency is going to be all that great. I think it's here to stay. But I don't know if it's going to get mainstream. And that's what it has to do if it's going to really take off. And this headline from CNBC.com. China is investing nine times more into Europe than into North America. Now, I'm going to talk about this headline today because it ties in with trade war fallout and could be a heads up for investors. So we're going to talk about that. It's going to be our main talking point. But first, let's get to our Tuesday questions underway with a call that came in earlier on our anytime, any listener line. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. Uh, hey, Steve or Justin, Daryl from New Hampshire. Kind of a novice question here, but wondering... When you say it pays a dividend and it shows up with a uh, percentage, what is that percentage of? Is that the percentage number of the stock value, or what is that? I'm mostly a mutual fund, so I don't really know what that means. I'd appreciate an answer. 
I listened on the podcast. Thanks for the show. Appreciate it. Okay, well, mutual funds get dividends too. You know, they hold stocks that pay dividends. So it's a good question. Every corporation that pays a dividend is announced by the CEO or the board of directors that they're going to pay a dividend. When they announce a payment of a dividend, it's in dollars and cents. They say, we're going to pay 32 cents per share on the ex-dividend date, and that's the date that they're going to declare the dividend. And it's always in dollars and cents. They will, so let's say they announce they're going to pay a dollar in dividend uh, next Tuesday. Okay? And next Tuesday rolls around, and the stock is selling for $10 a share. They're going to pay a dollar for every share on next Tuesday. So, what percentage of that is on a $10 stock? That's 10%. So, you have a 10% dividend. What if the stock before next Tuesday doubles to $20 a share? Well, they're still going to pay a dollar. So, now the dividend is not 10%, but it's a dollar on $20 a share instead of a dollar on $10 a share. So, now it's a 5% dividend. Remember, the dividend dollar amount doesn't change. It stays, but the percentage changes because it's based on the price of the stock. Changes every day. So when we look back and say, well, how much did it pay? And we say, oh, it paid $5 a share, uh, and the stock is $100 a share today right now. Okay, so what is that? 5%. So it paid 5% dividend last year based on what the stock price is today. Now, if you bought it last year and it was half the price, not a $100 share, but a 50, you got 10%, and you still are getting 10% because your your cost basis was $50 a share, not $100 a share, and your cost basis does never change. The dividend will change with whatever the uh, a company announces more dividend or less dividend. That amount will change. But on the your, you know the cost basis of your purchase determines what your percentage return is on that dividend. So that's why buying increasing dividends is very good. You know over time. You want dividends increase. I hope that makes sense to you. Eight 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 ninety nine charters our number everybody. CNBC.com is reporting today that in the first six months of the year, newly announced Chinese. Merger and acquisition into Europe was $20 billion compared to $2.5 billion in North America. So China not putting a lot of money in that's putting a lot more money in Europe. Okay, China's outbound FDI in North America was dropped by a whopping 92% the first in the last year from $24 billion down to $2 billion. It's pretty hard to ignore. China is investing nine times more in Europe than in North America. It's all politics, probably, huh? What you say? Why would those policies change? Trade, trade disputes. So policy in both China and the U.S. is pushing this shift. As lawmakers act to protect their industries here or prevent capital outflow. But meanwhile, U.S. regulators are beefing up national security investment screenings and developing a framework for stricter scrutiny of outbound technology transfers. President Trump has cited America's widening trade deficit with the, with China as a key trigger for escalating tariff conflict. 
So while investors lament what they call Chinese China's unfair trading practice, which they've been doing for years and years and years and years, which include forced technology transfers. Remember, if you open a factory in China, you have to give China your technology. They require that. They think that's unfair. But those same companies that have to do that complain about the trade war too. So what's what's yeah. So what we have here is pretty complex, a tangled policy trade situation. It's complex. Investors should remember and be alert for unexpected consequences. I still think, you know, I've been talking, I was talking to some colleagues this morning about what's going to happen next year with this trade dispute. And I think, you know, I think in our economy, I think this could be beneficial to our economy just next year and beneficial to our stock market next year. What if we start negotiating and putting these trade disputes behind us next year? Do you think that's possible? If they do, what would that do to the market? What would that do to people's confidence in the economy? That could push back a recession further. Could. Well, so we'll see. We'll see. It's pretty complex stuff. If you want to talk about it or read about it, go to investtalk.com. If you want to talk about it, call me, 888-99-CHART. So what's our feature talking point today? The Amazon threat has pushed FedEx stock down more than 6% this year in 2018 so far. And with online monster eating the retail world alive, FedEx says it's not worried about Amazon competition. Why is that? We'll look into that, talk about that in a little more detail. Also, Jeffrey Salt, he's the analyst, head analyst at Raymond James, says we are in a buying stampede. Now, when I read that, and I saw that at the highlight, buying stampede, what the heck is he talking about? Well, I'll give you his definition. It's not what you think, probably. And a second talking point that I want to discuss, just socking money away is not an investment plan. It's not a retirement plan, just putting money aside. That's not a plan at all. you got to do it, but it's what you plan what you're, you know, we're going to talk about what has to be, in addition to putting that money aside, what else do you have to think about? And finally, did you hear about the, did you hear Fed, uh, Federal Chairman Powell's testimony today in front of um, whoever was part of the Congress? Did you hear what he said today? I, I want to uh, kind of parse that, his, what he was talking about, and see what we can decipher. Just like every other chair, Fed chairman, you know, they like to talk in circles. So we're going we're gonna to try to uncircle it. The market ended up being up. Up the Dow up 55, the NASDAQ up 49, and the SP up 11 today. So it had a decent day. Didn't start out that way, but it ended up being a decent day. Why did it, why did it not start out that way? Because of Powell. Why did it, kind Powell, the federal chairman, why did it end up up? I think because of Powell, too. So we'll talk about that. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for making time for Invest Talk. If you listen on a regular basis, you probably realize that Justin and I do our best to make the complex understandable. Our aim and our promise is to always often give you unbiased guidance, information. And of course, we always, always appreciate your input. So, Make your voice heard. Call us 888-99-CHART.
It's a Tuesday Invest Talk. July is half over. You've got financial questions on your mind, and there are investing terms you'd like help with. You can go to investtalk.com anytime and find a good deal of instructive material, or you can pick up your smartphone right now and call Steve. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk about FedEx, who isn't worried about Amazon at all, according to FedEx. They're not worried about Amazon. Now, give you a little background. Amazon stated a while back that they're going to start delivering their own packages and not use uh, UPS, FedEx. And, of course, you know, anytime Amazon makes a move, everybody freaks out, right? Everybody freaks out. Oh, they're going to take over the world. That's not going to happen, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> but, you know, Amazon is a very powerful competitor. But FedEx says they have advantages that Amazon won't have or doesn't have, and their growth rate is pretty decent. And the most recent growth rate in their May May uh, quarter was up 10%, sales growth. The stock has been hit down 6.6% for the year because of the threat of Amazon. Also, FedEx says their uh, margins improved, didn't didn't go down. They went up. So, FedEx is not worried about Amazon, and I can understand that. When you, you know, there's going to be a point where Amazon tries to be everything to everybody, and all, all, you know, it, it's just not going to work out. It can't. You can get to a certain size, and it just no longer. No longer work. Can they deliver packages cheaper than FedEx or UPS? Can they do that? Uh, that's going to be hard to compete with. It will be hard for them to compete. You know, um, so Amazon, the uh, FedEx feels that their their package business, especially not their air flight package, but the road package or on the street package delivery system is going to have pretty darn good growth prospects going forward. So they're pretty confident about that, just so you know. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I offer a general reminder if you are not already subscribed to Invest Talk, please take a moment to subscribe. Please. 888 99 Are you already subscribed to Invest Talk? If not, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And once you've subscribed, please listen, rate, and review. Your comments allow us to improve our Invest Talk programming. And they can also help us understand what you expect to hear or see on radio, podcast, and investtalk.com. And right now, we're taking your financial or investing questions live. 888 chart. Hello, Steve and Justin. I have a question for you. I'm looking at adding a half a position of Visa to my portfolio. I'm looking for an idea on a target price and where the resistance is on the, uh, the upside. The dividends is not impressive, but I feel the growth of this company is. If you can give me an idea of what would be a good price to add Visa to my portfolio, I'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you. I'll listen to you on the podcast. Greatly appreciate your show. 
Okay, you got to be careful because it looks like you're chasing performance. Uh, Visa is a very good company, symbol V, provides global payment solutions and supportive credit and debit payment program not fi at various financial institutions. It's $139 stock. It's moved from 100 to 139 in the last year pretty consistently. It had a little bump down in the, the uh, correction of February, but it's been pretty strong and it's very close to its 52-week high. And therefore, it's also very close to its uh, top of the five-year P.E. range that it's in. Uh, it's the range is 21 to 35. And don't think 21's cheap. That's not cheap. 21 to 35 is a range, and right now it's at 35. Earnings are doing pretty good. They're going to grow 17% next year. Sales are pretty good, up 13 14%. But the question is, what is it really worth? How, what is that stock worth? And my feeling is it's pretty much worth about maybe maybe 145 could get to 150 as a value as a, as a value of five dollars and 26 cents it's going to be earnings next year you know but that's pushing it that's pushing it i think you need to buy it i think a good buy point is around 120 bucks and you're probably not going to get that until we get to a recession i would think and that might be a couple years from now you know uh but i i'm thinking you're you're overpaying for the stock at this point. I, I think, you know, if it pulled back, you want a tighter buy point, maybe 130. But at 139, I'm not chasing that. It's got to give you a, a really decent pullback for me to be excited about it. Okay? And it's a huge company, you know, 283 billion size. That's, that's big. That's big. Okay, analyst Jeffrey Salt at Raymond James says... We are in a buying stampede. Now, this is his word, his phrase, buying stampede. And it caught my eye, and I'm thinking, buying stampede. Okay, you know, we're thinking about a herd of buffalo running across the plains, and <coughs> that is a stampede, or horses, or whatever. So what does he really mean by it? And then, I, of course, I had to look it up. And he, in his definition of a buying stampede, and this is his term, right? That 17 to 25 trading sessions that go up in a row with a possible brief pauses two or three times with three days at the most in between. Right now, we're at 11 to 12 sessions. And so he's saying this is a buying stampede. Now, let's talk about that again for a minute. Usually, when, we, when I read a story like that, I think um, a heck of a lot more than 17 and 25 trading days. I'm thinking months, not just days. But remember, this is his definition. I don't know if you or I really can do anything about it because by the time you recognize you're eating this quote-unquote buying stampede, you're already halfway through. Look, it's 11 to 12 days now, and the average is 17 to 25 with pauses in between of up to three days. Can you really take advantage of it? It doesn't help. It doesn't. As a trader, I don't think it helps you much. As a investor, it doesn't help you at all. So I'm not sure you should, we should react to it. So if you ever see that term, I think you ignore it. You can't help. It can't help you. You know that's too short of a time. 
If you're even if you're a day trader, I can't use it because that's a day. Okay, maybe a swing trader might be able to use this buy and stampede. But again, by the time you recognize that you're in it, it's almost over. So how's that help you? How how do you recognize it? You you can't two days of a buying stampede. First two days, two days of a a bold move in the market. That that could be followed by three days down day. It'll be that's nothing. So just be aware. Yeah, I've told you before before, and I'll repeat again. Buy stocks that are not overvalued, that make money, and they grow their money. That's it. Now, it's not easy to determine that. Value. What's value? But we have historical norms that you can use. Historical norms. Tomorrow on Talk, taking on the biggest myths of early retirement and why early retirement may not always be the ideal situation. Might not be that everybody thinks about. We'll talk about it tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here ready to answer your questions. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Our Invest Talk podcast continues. One of KPP Financial's solutions that help solve today's retirement puzzle is our balanced income portfolio. How do you get the income you need in retirement without the kind of risk that you don't feel comfortable with? That's what this program is all about. The Balanced Income Portfolio from KPP Financial. And remember, as with each KPP program, the principles at KPP are invested right along with you. Would you like to know more about it? The Balanced Income Portfolio? You can call 888-99-CHART and follow the prompts, or you can ask Steve about it directly. Just click on the Contact Steve button on investtalk.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, where principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are dedicated to providing straightforward and unbiased investing management. For listeners, the InvestTalk commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help make them better investors. And individuals who choose to become KPP clients enjoy personalized and highly experienced attention to their portfolio. Do you want to speak with Steve right now? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Long-time listener here. Quick question on ticker symbol HUYA, H-U-Y-A. I just wanted your opinion on it, uh, especially given everything with uh, the China-United States conflict. Uh, this is your opinion. Thanks. Okay. HUYA, Inc., it's an ADR, meaning American Depository Receipt, which means that's a Chinese or a foreign, an ADR of any company is a foreign company allowed to trade on our, our, our exchange because it meets certain financial requirements and is supported by one of our large uh, institutional banks. They're supporting the stock by buying the shares and then rolling them into ADRs and selling them on our exchange. And that's what this is. And it came out in May. Okay, came out in May. It's a fairly new company. 2016, as far as the information goes back, it lost 46 cents a share. 2017, it lost 5 cents a share. 2018, makes 29 cents a share. That's the estimate for this year, 29 cents a share. 
And next year, 63 cents a share, up 117%. That's the earnings. Growth rate in sales, 130, 130, 198, 216, and 218%. So, uh, so growth rate has slowed, but still well over 100%. Per quarter, by the way. So, with earnings 63, two, two problems we have with. Uh, we talked about uh, initial public offering, and that is what this is on our exchange, and it just came out in May. So, we don't have hardly any information. An IPO coming out that, that recent is highly speculative, and I've always told you wait at least six months at least six months when the insiders can start trading. Now, it's a little bit different on ADRs because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not, uh, it's a Chinese company. It's not an American company. But the rule still applies. Now, also, it's growing very fast. So, should you give it 100 PE? Because its sales growth is growing 130%. Well, then, should you give it 10 PE because it's so brand new? And no one really knows at this point. It would most likely deserve a much higher PE because of its, it is starting to, is making money this year and next year. And the earnings is growing very, very fast. The sales growth is going very, very fast. So this is a kind of stomach company. And by the way, it's a Chinese company providing live streaming gaming platform in China, not here in China. It's growing very fast, earnings and sales, so it's hard to know with a company only two months old what kind of value you should give it. 63 cents. Should you give it a uh, a market PE would be 15 and that means it's only worth $9. It's trading for $38.71. Came out at $15 was the first day of trading. That's what it was. The IPO was 12, actually 12, but the first trade was 15. And now it's 40. Uh, this is one of those stocks that is very, very, very risky. You don't put much money in it, and uh, it's a roll of the dice. It could be a huge winner. I think you have a. It's it's. I think it's more possible to be a big winner than a loser because of the sales and earnings. They seem to be on track. Uh, I don't think I would worry about the trade war or trade differences at all, since they're driving most of their money. From inside China, according to this. So there's no trade issue here. I just think it's too soon to give you any kind of track record. H-U-Y-A is a symbol. Hoya Inc. Hoya Inc. Okay. Just sending money or socking money away or putting it in your 401k, just putting it aside is not an investment plan. It's great. You need to do that. You need to save as much as you can, but you can't just like throw it to the side and put an investment and ignore it. These are the things you have to do. What is the goal? If you tell me my goal is to save money, that's not a goal. That's something you should do every day. That's not a goal. That's not an end point. What's your goal? To save a million dollars? To have enough money to retire comfortably, to earn, uh, to have the, enough money to give you fifty thousand a year in earnings, those are goals. So now, how do you get there? Well, you just put money in a money market ain't going to do it. That's for sure. 
because it doesn't grow. It grows very, very low, very slow. It's going to take forever. And it'll take way more money than to get whatever earnings, depending on what goal you have and how far out that goal is, to achieve it. What instruments are you going to use? What kind of investment? Are you going to buy property, physical property? Are you going to buy gold? Are you going to buy stocks? Are you going to buy bonds? What, what investments are you thinking about to achieve the goal that you established? And then how much risk should you accept or are you comfortable with? We've talked about risk off and on forever here in the show. But you've got to understand your own risk tolerance. And you know what? You can't understand what that is when you're only in a bull market. Because it's when you start, the money starts to go down. You save, 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 save. And then it starts to fall in value like it did in 2008. How much pain can you take before you freak out? <clears throat> and you got to do something. And finally, once you get to your goal and you got there, well, now what do you do with the money? <laughs> what do you do now? Because you're already at your goal. <coughs> Excuse me. So... What are you going to do with the money now to maintain? You're at the goal. And if that goal was to have a million dollars, okay, that's a that's a great goal. Now what? What are you going to do with the million dollars? You're going to start spending it? What if, if your goal is to produce $50,000 a year in income from your investments, how are you going to maintain it? What are you going to do now? You've got to maintain that. So there, there's there's the things you got to think about, people. Let's go to Ernesto in Houston. How are you doing, Ernesto? I'm good. Thanks so much for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, so I had a I had a quick question about Roth IRA contributions. Um, so yeah. I my my job just uh, bumped my salary quite a bit, and I'm not sure if I'll supersede the Roth IRA limits for the year. So if okay. I do go over the limits and I have to take my money out, how does that usually work? Okay, so he's talking about everybody. There's limits of income um, that apply. If you make too much money, you can't you can't put more money away like you could if you make less money. And Ernesto, are you married or single? Uh, well, I'm getting married at the end of this. Year, so I'll be filing. Um, okay. Then, okay. So I think. And you can't quote me on this, everybody, but I think it's around $250,000 in salary before you, as a, as a married file and jointly before you have any kind of restrictions. Not sure about that, okay. but you got to talk to an accountant. So let's say you put the money in a Roth and you weren't allowed to put it in a Roth. Well, I nothing will happen to you the first year. Hopefully the next year you're allowed to put money in a Roth and just don't put new money in it. Uh, sure. But I have never seen the government come on a Roth come and you know tell people yo you gotta take that out. But I'm not sure because right, right now I'm in the situation ahead. of whether I should invest more in the Roth or if I should go into my company's 403b because of that dilemma. I would probably go the 403b route because that limit it is not going to apply to you as an employee. You can still put your 18500 or so, even if you make more money. It's only if the, there's rules concerning how much the company makes and how much the 
the money that the head honchos put away for themselves and whether it's related to the employees. But those things are not what you have to worry about. So okay. I would probably put it in the 403B if okay. you're worried about well, the income so limit. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Yeah, there, there's limits. Uh, IRA contributions and it's limits based on income. And I, I frankly, I don't like them at all. People, people are probably going to criticize me for that. I think you shouldn't have limits on income. In other words, if you make too much money, you can't put a, a, money in your IRA or some other retirement vehicle. The reason why I say that is because it's good for the society. It's good for the economy. The more money we put in savings and investment accounts, because that money is in the system and working. Um, I, I would rather have people allow them to, to save up to the limits in their retirement accounts as much as they can. Because, you know, I, from personal experience, some years you have really great years, okay, as a self-employed person. Some years you make, you lose money. It's not always every year. So, in the years that you make really good money, you would like to put money away in your retirement account because you know there's going to be years that are not. It's one of the reasons why I think they should let. But what I think doesn't really matter. As most of you know, okay, as most of you know, we encourage your finance and investing questions live each weekday on Invest Talk during the radio program. And it's live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. But we also accept your questions around the clock, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on the same number, 888-99-CHART. So don't be afraid to call after hours. We will record your call and then play it back on the air later. And now I'm here take, taking your investment and financial questions live right now so you can call right this minute, 888-99-CHART. For many people, summer must seem like it's sailing by faster than ever. You want to make time to look over your portfolio, to fine-tune your portfolio, but have you? For Southern California listeners, it is relatively easy to make an appointment with Steve or Justin in their Dana Point offices. But for Northern California listeners, meeting in person with Steve or Justin requires a greater effort, unless they come to you. So good news, Steve Peasley has announced a second date for free personalized portfolio reviews in San Jose. It'll be August 29th. Like earlier dates, registration will fill up quickly. So please go to investtalk.com, roll over the InvestTalk link, scroll down to Portfolio Review, then submit your registration information. Alternatively, click on the Contact Us link. But right now, let's get back to your calls and questions at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin or Steve, this is Raul from Flower Mound. Um, Colin to ask a quick question with regards to Walgreens and CDS. Both had a precipitous drop last week uh, after Amazon announced uh, encroachment into their territory. I look at it as buying opportunities to try to differentiate between the two or whether I should just buy 50% of what I was planning to buy into each one. Both seem to have uh, good earning potential and uh, nice dividend yields for both of them. If you could just answer my question at your convenience. Thank you very much. 
Okay, it's very difficult for me to, to compare two stocks because I can't put them side by side. I got to go in and out, in and out, in and out. So it's very difficult for me to do it on air with, with the time limits I have. Uh, CVS uh, is growing about 3 or 4%. It's a $70 billion company. Makes money, makes good money. PE is fairly low. They're going to make $7.31, and it's a $67 stock. So it's below 10 and that's its 10 to 23 is its range. So that's a pretty good value, CBS. Now, WBA is the symbol for uh, Walgreens, and they're going to make $6.46 next year, and they're a $65 stock. So they're going to be about 10 or 11 PE, but their growth rate is a little better. They're $65 billion. So their growth rate in sales is better than CVS. Okay, they have some debt, 19% return on equity. Let me go back to CVS and see what that looks like. CVS. Okay, uh, so Walgreens has a better uh, return on equity because CVS is 15, 16. Walgreens was uh, 19. Uh, the debt, uh, CVS has a little bit more debt. So all things being equal, okay, and both barge cap, I probably would pick, you know, just from this really quick look, probably Walgreens. But they're pretty close. Pretty close. Well, I wonder, CVS pays a 2.9% dividend. Let's see what Walgreens pays. You see how I have to go back and forth? It's just difficult. 2.7%. So 29 to 2.7. Yeah, I have But I, from this quick look, it's probably be Walgreens. Steve in Redwood. How you doing, Steve? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, so I just wanted to get your take on uh, Goldman Sachs. They reported earnings today. I know banks have been getting beat up a little bit lately, and just wanted to you know, see what your thoughts were. Okay. Okay, let's look at uh, Goldman Sachs. It looks like they've hit a bottom right around 220. Uh, and then it bounced up to 231. So from a chart, just looking at a chart, Steve, it looks pretty solid. Earnings look very good. Uh, I kind of like it where it is. It seems inexpensive, and you're not going to get a big dividend, but sales growth are in 20 30% range. Earnings growth is 6 to 20% range the last two years. Pretty, Yeah, I, I kind of like right where it is. Goldman Sachs, GS is a symbol, everybody. Our Tuesday show is almost over, but no need to panic. We've still got 10 minutes left in the show. So you can give us a call. Talk about anything financial. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, taking on the biggest myths of early retirement and why early retirement may not always be the ideal situation we tend to picture. That's tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, and he's ready and waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Okay, we're going to talk to Gene in North Carolina. I want to talk about the 401 contributions. We talked about the earlier uh, Roth IRA. So, how you doing, Gene? Uh, yeah, I actually wanted to talk about uh, what the previous caller uh, brought up about whether or not I, was the premise of his question that uh, he didn't know whether or not he would exceed the limit to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA. 
his income limits. He said he got a barely big raise, and he was worried right. that his income, and then he was getting married, so she earns money. He was concerned there might be income restrictions on how much you could put away in a Roth. And a Roth I don't IRA. Think there is, but I don't, uh, a Roth IRA, yeah. And I don't think there is, but I didn't want to, you know, I'm not a CPA. That's not what I do, isn't, so I was isn't the careful. Isn't one solution would be just that the contribution can be made all the way up to the next year's April 15th? So wouldn't it be, yes. wouldn't one solution just to wait until that person realizes April what, 15th? Yeah, we'll wait till yes. April uh, just to figure out whether what the actual yearly salary would be, and, and then make the contribution either to a a Roth or non Roth in in April or March of next year. And yes, that would that would solve that problem. You would then you wouldn't have to worry about it. I think that's why they made ask your accountant. I think that's why they made the contribution deadline so late to the, into the next year, so people can figure out what their income is. Probably. So he probably and everybody else should probably put the, if they, they have an issue, should probably just put the money aside in a regular account until you know. And you could take that approach and that would work just fine. Appreciate yeah, the call, Gene. Of course, you could miss out on the market if you didn't invest it somewhere. But Yeah, but it's, yeah. but you know, it's a long-term investment vehicle. It's not, you know, one year to the next is not that important, right. I wouldn't think. Okay, but appreciate you. it. It's more important about getting it right. Thanks for the call, Gene. Yeah, it's more important to get it right. And again, that's a, a, a an issue for your um, for your CPA, your tax accountant, kind of how much money you're making, filing jointly, you have write-offs, that kind of stuff. So, Federal Reserve Chairman Powell uh, had to testify in front of Congress today, uh, and he said that rate the rate hark the rate hikes that they plan are going to continue and things are the right path for the time being and we'll probably have you know rate hikes for two more before the end of the year probably so that means every what every three months now what was more interesting about what came out of that is because you always want to look for hints of what might be changing in the federal reserve stance and he hinted that maybe there will be a slowdown in rate increases in 2019. And of course, they always say the same thing. It depends, depends, depends on the economy, depends on inflation, depends on, you know, wage inflation. He did admit that their inflation is about where they want it and that there's very little wage inflation. So... What was his worries when he was questioning what, what worries him? And it was the trade war talks you know trades might be a problem and fiscal policy were of great concern fiscal and this is something i've mentioned that no one else seems to be paying attention to and that is uh the debt that we have are we going to address it at all is everybody just going to ignore it forever we don't care about it the trillions of dollars that we're in debt and the growth of that debt, no one seems to be even thinking about it. But the Federal Reserve's thinking about it. And that does not surprise me. Trade war toss, you know, I just having trouble getting worked up about it. You know I've said that for months now. I'm, I'm having trouble getting worked out about And so far, has it affected adversely our economy? No. 
Has it affected adversely our stock market? No. And we've been, you know, this has been going on for months. Will it? It could. And I, you know, I never, I, I never try to be definitive about stuff because it could. It depends on how, if it takes an ugly turn, you know. But it also could be very beneficial in the long run. And if we're going to do a trade war for the United States, this is the best time to partake in a trade war because of our strength of our economy and the weakness of the others. That's it for Tuesday. Another Invest Talk Radio show with our questions driving the, with your questions driving the discussion. Today's program will be soon posted to our podcast player library at investtalk.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please come back tomorrow. Justin will be here. I'll be in San Jose. I'm Steve Peasley. Have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for listeners to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are principals of Klein, Pavlis and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis and Peasley Financial, which retains all rights. 